Step into the world of strange uncles. Walk with them in the alternate reality that most people don't choose to see. You can follow them on Twitter at Strange Uncles or check out their website, mystrangeuncles.com. Remember, everybody has a story. Are you willing to share yours? And now, welcome Shane, John, and Josh as they fall down the rabbit hole. Open the gates, guys. Uh, Josh, I don't have permission on my side yet to record. Did you set that up? Oh, I forgot I needed to re-enable that. My bad. Also, it sounded weird for a second. Did it sound fine yeah, on your side? Yeah, there was a lag on our end. Did you hear it? I didn't hear it, but... Okay. Okay, then it probably won't show up. It just seems like it usually doesn't if you don't hear it. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and pause the three, and I'll just start recording now, and we'll go forth. Ready? And welcome, strangers and Patreons, to uh, another Strange Uncles. Uh, I'm Shane. I'm John. I'm Josh. And we are doing this yet again via Zoom. (laughs) Not just the breakfast cereal that I used to eat. Josh is doing this from fucking the outer reaches of space, it looks like, anyway. Like Avengers all over again. If fucking Thanos sneaks up behind you, I'll just point. I'll go, hey, boo! I mean... So you know. You know, with great power to hang out in space comes great beers that don't show up in space. Right. Exactly. <laughs> did you build your, uh, your home with astronaut urine? Yes, I did. Good. Good. Yes. That's what I used to mix the, br- the mortar for the bricks. That's uh, what I used to, uh, you know, harden the bricks. It's what I used for hydration. I hear it's quite malleable. Hmm. No, you can just keep it on your side. How's that sound? Let me know it how the experiment at a, goes. It's a pretty penny. I'm sure it does. <laughs> a lot of drinking to get a couple bricks made. Oh, yeah. But anyway, um, we are offering this is bonus content again on Patreon for those of you. Uh, those of you who are listening and tuning in. Um, you may have remembered, and again, John took uh, some time out of his life uh, to do some studying on Topi and that whole cult that we had part one and part two of. Um, Mm -hmm. something that, and John, you can take it from here that we kind of neglected was there's another layer to the onion. And so we wanted to kind of put this on Patreon for those of you who wanted to have a little bit more conversation about it. Um, just aspects I don't think we covered, but I don't know, John, what, what I missed? What do we, what do we got? Well, um, so in it, I really didn't cover any of kind of the negative aspects on, uh, Genesis, Briar, Peorage and all of Topi altogether. I kind of, we kind of summed it up and I kind of summed it up. Like, it seems like this dude was like the most amazing enlightened person, just all around great guy with all these like great core beliefs and everything. And, um, some people may say that he didn't really practice what he preached. Exactly. Um, there's a lot of allegations of abuse. Um, we briefly talked about, uh, cozy fanny tutty or tutti right. however you want to say that right um and she was one of p orge's longtime collaborator uh she was her lover his lover uh bandmate she was in throbbing gristle um and she made some pretty scathing allegations against uh orage um she had a uh came out with a book called art sex music and i believe that was released in 2018 you can find it on amazon for like 12 bucks and 
it goes into her time in Topi and Throbbing Gristle and um, another band that she was in called like Cozy and Chris or something. I didn't really, I, I, I didn't read the book, but kind of saw a brief description. But uh, in the book, she kind of paints Orage in a completely different light. Uh, she claims Orage coerced her into having unprotected sex that resulted in unwanted pregnancy pressuring her to join orgies put on by Orage, uh, um, wielding a knife and repeatedly beating her during attempts to leave the relationship. And even, cool. yeah, I mean, that sounds fun, right? <clears throat> and there's even more gnarly, nearly murdering her by hurling a cinder block that barely missed her head while she was sunbathing. Jesus. And, oh. Yeah. So she says, she goes on to claim that like Orage would smash her typewriters and this is awful, but like she said that he would hurl her cats against the walls. Jesus that Christ. is awful. Yeah, yeah. Josh, especially for you, Josh. You're probably like, ah, oh, God. Yeah, and uh, apparently he would like open her fan mail and read it and like secretly read it and reply without her knowing. And that's just weird. Yeah. yeah. So here's the thing. And, and I, and you know, obviously John, you know, you did the study and you knew a little bit more, but um, when I was doing the research and looking at those clips and stuff, I found a lot of them that had uh, Orage directly involved, you know, being interviewed or, you know, whether it's from press or whatever have you. Um, the only other thing that popped up in regards to him was other members. And, and I didn't find one with, with Tutty or what her name was, but there were other uh -huh. num members that would kind of claim, similar tactics where it was just a controlling scenario it was a controlling environment. Um, but more of, from what I could find more of his earlier days when he first started like psychic TV, you know, in the 81, 84 timeframe before the mm -hmm. cult kind of went big or before Topi kind of got big. A lot of the reports after, after a certain time frame of like late eighties, I didn't find any more reports past that. I didn't find anybody that came out, but in the early days of it, I stumbled on the same thing where it was just a very controlling environment. Um, he had his fingers on everything. He was paranoid. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. Mm. That's, that's kind of a lot of it is he paints this picture of there's no leaders or, you know, everyone's kind of equal on this. Um, but really when it comes down to it, a lot of people claim mm -hmm. that, you know, he was the leader. He was all encompassing and he wanted people to follow him and it was all him, him, him. Um, he had orange saw that uh, Tutty Fanny Tutty was making these claims too. And he just basically shrugged it off. Like, well, whatever sells a book, sells a book. And uh, he said he didn't read it. Kind of that like classic abuser response and casually cashing in on being falsely accused. Like, no, that's not me. You know, she's just making those allegations to sell books. You know, that's yeah. Point pointing the finger somewhere else type thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And uh, he, uh, so other come transmission collaborators uh, have observed Orange behaving this way as well. Um, there's a guy named Ian Evitz, aka Spidey Gas Mantle. He recounts how their self-anointed ringleader just wanted followers, not people to contribute, while Greg Foxtrot Echo Taylor surmises that Orge's talent not lay so much in creative invention, but his ability to charm and coerce people that surround him. Mm. So I, I think he was a 
potentially, you know, if all of this is true and it's not just bitter bandmates trying to, you know, be like, sure. Oh, fuck that guy. We're, we're out of here. Right. Um, you know, if what, if what they say is true, he's more of a, I don't know. Well, a this convincer and a coercer. Yeah. And this kind of goes back to our conversation that, you know, Josh and I, you and I kind of had it a little bit with, you know, what really describes a cult, you know, what describes yeah, a cult leader. Uh, I was just going to say like the reason I was fighting you guys about calling it a cult when we recorded the first two episodes was that like the philosophy didn't say worship me the uh, from the accounts that weren't from his bandmates. There were no mm -hmm. leaders. It was all just like, we're just here to make cool art and be weird and do weird shit. Yeah. And to me, that's like very not a cult, mm -hmm. but these allegations sound like that was all a front. Yeah, it's kind of like that was what they wanted everybody to think. But, you know, that's like his ability to charm and coerce people into doing stuff for him. That kind of like he was the guru, you know, right. He, right. he was the guy that knew it all. And, you know, if anyone questioned him on things he said or like if anybody questioned him on anything, he would just recite like come transmission slogans to counter the criticism, or he would just make up entirely like new slogans. And this is according to Fanny Tutty. Like he could never be wrong. And sounds like some Donald Trump shit. Well, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to I mean, hear that name either. Speaking of a fucking cult, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. So, I mean, he's sounding a lot more like an egotistical guru cult leader, more in like all of the allegations and everything. Um, and I'm getting, so I found this article, um, it's a pop matters and it was written by Dan Seatman. I think that's his name. And he wrote a pretty long sir, uh, essay on this. He goes into pretty great detail on all of it, but as far as like, there weren't any like really specific stories about him like abusing people or anything it just kind of set like it just kind of took it out of fanny tutty's book that you know he did do these things but there weren't like really i couldn't find really yeah. any specific things like well one day we were sitting i don't know and i don't know if that's even necessary really you know right no no yeah, yeah I, I get what you're saying from it i mean we we should take a, a you know people that have been abused at their word and not be like yeah. well uh, I don't know. Is that yeah. when did this exactly? Ha you know, like there, there's two sides I mean, to every story. That's a problem, and and you know, with this whole thing is, and and I never, I don't know if we talked about this during the the part one, part two. That that book was that written was that written exclusively by Orage, or was that a compilation from the followers? Uh both, both. So okay. par parts of it were written by him, and other parts were written by other Topi members. Gotcha. Um, yeah, it's. It's a whole thing. Yeah. And and the thing about there being two sides to every story and both sizing shit and not just taking abuse victims at their word is that so many people who are in actual real danger don't get any help because of shit like that. Yeah. yeah. Because Agreed. it turns into he said, she said, instead Agreed. of mm -hmm. it being taken seriously until it's proved until there's a reason not to take it seriously. Yeah. Well, and all of a sudden you have this charismatic guy and this like influential band and he's got an answer to everything. And so when somebody's claiming abuse and claiming that he's done all this horrible shit, 
you know, he has an answer for everything. And, you know, it's just like, well, whatever sells a book, you know, kind of yeah. just nonchalant, just kind of shitty about it. Right. Um, <clears throat> and according to this claim, so I think it was in the second part of the Topi episode, how we said they never charged anybody and he never took money from anyone. Like the only thing they charged for was the gray book. And it was something like 23 pounds. Apparently that's not exactly true. According to this article mm. that I was reading. Um, there's a claim that Orge and Topi extracted participants wealth in order to fund their socio-political activities and they claim that members were commanded to yield a set proportion of their total assets as determined by Orge. Uh, many members were poverty stricken. And remember how I told you that there were all those houses, like, so all, a ton of them were squatters. Right, right. And they were deemed to be like their street preachers. Hmm. And um, temple leadership feigned distress at any insinuation that this forced tithe might be untoward. So. This Interesting. upset, yeah. So this uh, upset like some of the members in it. All the poor people, like down with the topi ideals, um, that are all of a sudden, you know, they're squatting, they're doing this and that, and now they're some of their wealth, quote unquote wealth. You know what they have, they're having to give to topi and the leadership in in topi when actually there shouldn't be any. And these people that were getting pissed and talking out about them uh, were outed as a rebel faction, quote unquote, and Orange would deem temple detractors as the wolf pack. Uh, so in the psychic Bible, it was like, you're either, what was the word I used? Basically, you're either in it or out. And I can't, <clears throat> I can't remember the right word for it that Topi called it or Orange called it. But he was like, yeah, you can just leave whenever you want. It's no big deal. You know, you're gout. But apparently, you know, they would oust you from the community and just, you know, try and make your life as hard as possible when you left. Kind of like Scientologists, you know, it's like. I was, I was just going to, you read my mind. I was just going to say it's the same thing. You know? Yeah, you try, try and leave Scientology and all of a sudden, you know, they're fucking. You're chastised, your family. Yeah. 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 They're harassing you everywhere you go. Um, yeah, so there's some, there's some apostates, a couple dudes that were in throbbing gristle ended up, you know, being in psychic TV and being <clears throat> prominent members in, uh, Topi, but they were only in it for a couple years. So those were, uh, Peter Sleazy, Christofferson and John balance. And they left the temple in 1983 citing issues saying they were getting too autocratic in one line for my liking. And Balance mm. said that when Orange's personal obsessions were unblinkingly adopted as the official party line, anyone slow to react to found themselves ostracized. Oh. So well. he would just, yeah, apparently he would get obsessed with this thing. And like, if you weren't into what that, like, fuck you, you're out of here. And so they left pretty pretty soon into um, Topi in 83. So that was only a couple of years by that time. Yeah. It would be so awesome if those people were still alive and they were willing to talk about it. Again, I combed the internet looking for something on the other side and, and really didn't find anything. 
but you know this is all interesting you know because you always have these these things unfolding within the within the regime of whatever Mm -hmm. it is you know what i mean yeah he also said uh these uh this john balance guy said that he would find people with like unsound minds and kind of he would prey on people with mental illness or like people with mental illness kind of gravitated towards him uh him being briar peorage and um they said it just turned into a horrible manifestation and a cult leader and they said his followers would do whatever they wanted so Mm. that's another and then there's another member of topi named brown and i I, that's all i could find is just the name brown but he attests to the atmosphere of backstabbing and paranoia that gripped the Topi community, including destructive mind games, bullying techniques, and pecking orders. So there was a type of hierarchy in Topi. It, not everybody was equal just because they would like switch up the numbers in their car, you know, like, all right, we'll have 23, 23s. And it, that well, you know, really... it, it's damn near impossible to have any kind of order without order. You know what I mean? I mean, you can go mm-hmm. into something free bono and say, okay, you know, we're, you're following communism to a certain point at that juncture, you know, we're all even, we're all equal, we're all this, there's no leaders to it. But in real world, it, it just doesn't happen. It's never happened in history. Yeah. Humans are humans. You know, you have to have a pecking order. Otherwise things just don't fucking work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, he kind of described it as a modern day Lord of Flies too. He said there was That's a mob creepy. mentality where someone would fall out of favor and a pack would form. And slowly they'd get pushed out of the circle towards permanent estrangement or exile. So, I mean, it just sounds like typical culty shit. Yeah. And maybe that's why the name stuck. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and after Topi, after that dissolved and Orange said that the experiment was over, that's what he referred to it as, as the experiment. Um, There were some different branches. I guess he had a big, so Topi NA was Topi North America. And apparently they pushed back against orange quite significantly. Hmm. And we, and we talked about in the, uh, in one of the episodes, how one of the guys like got a procured a bus for him and fixed it all up and right, they, right. They travel. And they bonded really well. Um, I don't know if he was involved. Well, and I know he was the one that set up like, all the Topi stations in North America. So I would assume that he would be involved in that. But so they, Topi NA went, started the autonomous individuals network or AIN 23. And this pissed Genesis off like crazy. And they had a statement of intent. They make no bones about their acrimonious birth, proclaiming how Topi collapsed after being, excuse me, built on a foundation of untruths and misguided ideals. Topi was the design of one person with a desire to control a cult for his own personal pleasure and egotistical growth. So that all of that just goes against everything that is in the literature and what Genesis spouts. So that, you know, he was irate about that. And I think he was all the way up until he kept he was in a bunch of lawsuits with them because they were trying to use symbols and everything but he was like no those are my copyrights that's my brand mm-hmm. and it's kind of weird that he's calling them his brand after it's there's no leaders here you know yeah yeah right yeah so he kind of he like made a personal crusade against topi north america 
And he wanted him to cease all use of the temple names, symbols, and other elements of Topi's branding. Um, and then, you know, so that when he led that crusade against anybody that was separating and doing their own little faction of Temple of Psychic Youth, they kind of just realized, like, oh, you never even really believed what you preached. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like we were all about it and you, it was all about you making money and making that brand make you more money. And it was more about the brand than ideology. Well, and, and, and even with his interviews too, you know, there were times when he talked about, well, we, we, but a lot of times it was, uh, you know, I, oh, I came up with this and then I approached this person and then I was the one you know, yeah, when you start putting yourself in that kind of a realm, obviously, you know, you got some kind of an ego there of whatever mm -hmm. you created or whatever you think you own. I, I caught that on those interviews. I don't know if you guys did, but uh, the few that I pulled, it was, it was a lot of a lot of eyes and not a lot of wheeze. So, I, yeah. you know. So. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I think it is all about him. It was definitely all about him. It's just some things are nice to be – some things look good on paper just to make you look good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And it didn't, I mean, he definitely practiced what he preached as, as far as like pedrogyny went and everything, you know, being the he, she, you know, like, sure. He, he wasn't either one of those. So, I mean, certain things he did practice, but I think when it all comes down to it, it seems like he's definitely more about the brand and, kind of control which yeah. is the you know reading all this definitely makes me realize that he is that kind of guru cult leader type it it, it fits it seems to fit in the right seam you know so mm -hmm. well and that's a which bummer a too bummer. yeah it is because you know it was neat that you know and we all sat around while i was listening to you read the book and and the and the ideologies they had. I was like, wow, this is like you said, John, where do I fucking sign up? This is a yeah. great idea. Um, yeah, it's, uh, that's, but I think all of that is kind of like, it's just a good idea. Right. That shit never works. Like you're saying, like it's human nature to have the leader and the followers. I mean, it's yeah. even in animal nature. You see the leader of the wolf pack or the flying V, you know, one goose to lead all the geese. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Well, and it's something like with, and again, you know, the theory of communism. A theory is fucking great. I, it's a great theory, but you're always going to have two things. You're always going to have somebody who think they can do it better and they should be in charge. And you're mm. always going to have somebody who's just going to go, well, I don't really have to work because I'm going to get stuff anyway. You know, so you will always have two layers of the sandwich. And then yeah. all the other bullshit in the middle, it, it just never, you know, it, it'll it never work any, any different. And like I said, it, I mean, capitalism is you know, no different. It's not. You're not, I'm not here no. to argue political theory. Yeah. 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 We're not here to, oh, wait. Yeah. <laughs> you're right over there. <laughs> no, I, I thought Josh's mic went off. Oh. It has like a little like. No, I, uh, I have myself on mute because it's real loud over here right now. Oh, okay. I was just, uh, I was like, fuck what I do. Cause I was looking at a chat thing, but anyway, yeah, we're not here to discuss capitalism, communism and the, <laughs> the, the world <laughs> regime as it is. Yeah, I, I mean, know. we can get into that, but probably not right now. It's probably not I'd, the time. 
Yeah, I don't feel like that at all. No, my mind's not that deep right now. <laughs> I, I want to get a little bit of a buzz on, and that's really going to fucking trample it. So Yeah, so in, in that article, the author was talking about how he was, he was saying that Genesis basically conned all these music journalists and like tricked all these uh, journalists into like putting his image out there to be like a really great guy. And like the reason like the church and state and tabloids are bashing him is because he has a, you know, like a different way of life and everything. But, and he says that's how he like skirts the abuse claims and everything. And part of it, he said, in order for Orge to save face and deny the abuse allegations, the author claims Orge manipulated journalists in order to sculpt public reception, propagating his preferred, often imagined version of a cultural memory. Said they claimed to be the victims of church and state and tabloid media. These were the oppressors, and they promoted themselves as doe-eyed innocents, hounded hounded for their eccentric lifestyles. And in doing so, the author claims that anytime anybody in the media or otherwise drudged up allegations of abuse or other misgivings in the past, like committed by Orge or anybody in the cult, that these are all baseless attacks and these people just want to see his demise because of the way he lives. And then he can just dismiss that all out of hand. Like, well, that's just ridiculous. This is what we're doing. Like, we would never do that. And yeah, I guess he also claims with the satanic panic stuff, when Scotland Yard, so Scotland Yard did raid his house on bullshit. Right. Yeah. Things like that. All that is true. Like they never found a sex dungeon. They never found child pornography, you know, or anything like that. But they say that he really used that to his benefit. Like anybody, anytime would accuse him of something, he would like really piggyback off the satanic panic shit. Well, and that's, kind of culty too to be like oh they just don't they just don't believe they're just haters you know what i mean like they just don't want to they don't want to see us go away yeah you still you're still trying to push your agenda at that point you know so yeah so yeah i I don't know Hmm. it's it's definitely another the uh, this is the other side of the coin with with all the rainbows and you know industrial music it it all can't be shiny rainbows that's no (laughs) it cannot so. Um, but yeah, it was, it, I knew there had to be kind of a, another side to it. Like, I'm like this dude, there's no way he can be just the saint that a lot of people portray him as. And I guess we kind of portrayed, or I portrayed him like that a little bit as well. I think in the past two episodes, which I was mainly not, I was mainly just talking about the idealism of Topi and not necessarily him individually. But, oh no, the vision. The vi- I mean, you know, yeah. yeah, the vision's always important. I mean, because that's where things start. Now, how it gets, you know, mutated into something else that, you know, again, you, you get human nature involved and it might, you know, probably and who's to know? Maybe this is all bullshit. This could be a he said, she said thing. I it it's really yeah. tough to hang on to. I mean, know? yeah, is so. it just allegations from former bandmates that are just fucking pissed and hate right. the guy. And they're right. like, fuck this. They like, got a chip on the shoulder type thing. And it's like, yeah. it's, you know, and, and, and again, you know, you walk a very fine line when you don't believe uh, a victim. So I'm definitely Absolutely. not saying that I, I'm, I'm, I definitely believe Fanny Tutty when she says that he did all that shit because it only makes sense. 
you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like the grand vision was just a way to lure people in to give him the attention and the fucking uh, bullshit he was craving. You know what I mean? I mean, that is how cults tend to work is like, I offer you this grand vision of a better life and, or like, you know, some kind of more spiritual thing that you're going to believe in more that's going to make you more fulfilled. And then you are like, fuck yeah, where do I sign up? And then you sign up and it's like, oh, this fucking sucks. Yeah. It's too late, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's, that's every cult ever is great idealism and like, I'm going to be a better me and go. Yeah. I love everybody. And then it's like, Oh fuck. There's, yeah. There's, and that's just covering yeah. up some fucking stinking monstrosity. That's right. Yeah. That, yeah. And that's a typical formula for cults. Um, great idealism and weak minds. You mix mm-hmm. the two together. There you go. You know, you got it made. So yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Well, well, yeah. I mean, we could go on and on about that, but that's basically all I had. I just wanted to kind of follow up the Topi episodes for our patrons and give them a little bonus onto uh, the other side of the coin. No, I think that's great. I appreciate you still doing the homework on it. You know, I, I think we can probably safely put Topi to rest at this point, but uh, stand by folks, because I'm sure there's a lot of weird fucking other cults that we'll uh, run into somewhere <laughs> down the line. I'm sure. Oh, there's so. definitely gotta be. Um, yeah. Sorry. Okay. I had to read that chat. Nope. No big deal. Um, keep in mind too. So this is kind of something that we are working through with bonus, bonus episodes. Um, good, another good example. And I think, I think I'll have it ready in a couple weeks. Uh, we did a part one and part two of magic. If you guys remember that as well. Um, and I, we wanted to do some deep diving into the different subjects of magic because I mean, the, it's such a broad spectrum that there's tons to choose from. Um, I am almost done with the book on numerology and boys, I'll tell you. It's very interesting. Very interesting. So that'll be another little bonus episode we can throw out to Patreon. Kind of deep dive into some of the main topics we kind of gloss over, um, amongst other things that we do. So, you know, uh, any of you guys got anything else? There is actually a really cool quote that I just forgot about that I remember reading. And uh, this is uh, from a dude named Keenan, and he's total anti-Topi, uh, really. And uh, he says, chaos magic is a lot of shit. If all these magicians are so great and powerful, why are they all so broke and don't have girlfriends? (laughs) (laughs) I just thought that was funny. That's funny. So I'll leave everyone with that. Yeah. Um, Also, since this is so new of us, this is the second time we've done this Zoom stuff. Um, If any of you Patreons are out there, please, you know. Feedback. Yeah, give us the feedback. Do you like this? Do you not? Um, yeah, because it does take a little bit more time to process the videos. Um, and if you're not really getting a lot out of it, you know, there's that. Um, but I know we did have some positive comments. Thank you, uh, Ian, I believe, um, for yep. having some positive comments. Once uh, I figured out what we were doing wrong, it only took me two days. So, yep. yeah, this is new territory for all of us. But uh, hopefully you guys, you know. And so. also, like, if the sound is, if it's just, unlistenable like we think it sounds good on our end but um yeah what we're hearing sounds good yeah but um if it doesn't somehow sound i don't know if it's just annoying or something like i'm i'm willing to try on my end to because i'm just going through these earbuds you know i wasn't really planning on doing this from home ever so it Um, sounds surprisingly good through your earbuds 
<laughs> yeah. Well, just like I said, any feedback is good. So please let us know if you, uh, if you have any feedback. Yeah. And also, uh, as you guys probably know by now, we finally got all that merch out. Um, looks like people are starting to receive it, which is awesome. Thank you guys for supporting us. We really appreciate it. Um, just, uh, our two international patrons, it's going to take us a, another minute to figure that out, but we'll have that out to you shortly. Yeah. It's packaged. We just got to find the right method of madness. So yeah, I'm standby for that. Yep. But, uh, awesome. Oh, yeah. Well, John, thank you. Uh, good seeing you guys again, again, feedback, patrons, uh, any other subjects, ideas, whatever have you, by all means, the doors are open. And, uh, with that being said, close the gates. You've been listening to a fourth hand production.